0: like you could be more caring with your choice someone answered the phone was speaking to their mom and was like fuck you mom and I was like <laughs> <laughs> I was like no
1: oh no you didn't I was like
0: no. I was like I almost like turned around and was like was like no 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 you don't speak to your mother like that things like that when you're like just you know
1: <laughs> oh shit sorry That's Talia Sutra and this is the Yoga Life Podcast. Good day to you. How are you doing? I'm sitting here with uh, my window open. Maybe you can hear the sounds of the dog next door or the pigeons on my roof. It's uh, getting nice weather now, nice enough to keep the window open and let my my clothes dry. <laughs> Just some extra information for you there. I want to start out with this. Start off with a shout out to Vicky Lee Lawler. So hopefully she doesn't mind me mentioning her name. But Vicky's a, a listener of the podcast, also a friend and fellow yogi. Um, you can follow her on Instagram Yoga by Vicky Lee, and uh, Vicky is responsible for this podcast happening with uh, Talia. Because I asked the listeners, who would you like to hear on the podcast? And Vicky brought Talia to my attention, that she was coming over to Dublin to teach a backbending workshop. I was familiar with Talia from the classes she does on alo moves, because I, I like alo, sometimes I use them. Um, and I went along to Talia's workshop, did th- she's incredibly flexible she's um she's studied ballet in the past and uh it was it was pretty challenging but um yeah i i i went down to south dublin see, i live in the north and um i um i also shout out to lucy bloom there's loads of shout outs today because lucy helped to uh, host this podcast with talia and we sh- we recorded the episode in lucy's apartment and um it was great it was really nice there's a slight echo but um the (laughs) the main challenge or the only challenge we had was was the the little cat so you're gonna hear on parts of this episode uh, one part in particular where I actually stopped the episode take the cat and put the cat in the bathroom so humanely because um the cat was kind of knocking things over but um yeah it was great I had a lot of fun with with Talia um i'm not actually going to edit my episodes anymore um because unless there's a break for some reason there's a long break and to be considerate to listen to you guys i will um chop things out that are are dull but i think it's important to keep in the i like when i listen to a podcast i like to hear what's going on in the background and Little things where I listen to Joe Rogan he's pouring his coffee for his guest and, and they're grabbing the cups and all that type of thing. It adds a bit of ambiance to the ambiance, if you want to be a bit French, to the, to the podcast and makes it more real. Um, so with, with Talia, uh, if you don't know about her already, Talia Sutra, she was first exposed to yoga at the age of six. Um, her mom, mother was diagnosed with cancer and her mother got heavily involved in yoga and that's how she uh, first found it and since then she's been teaching she teaches all over the world she's just coming to the end of a european tour and lucky for us she came to dublin and um, she's based in tel aviv you can find her on telesutrayoga.com um, but yeah it was real it was a real fun one uh, it was very easy relaxed. there's some some bad language in it but You know, like, we use bad language in in life, don't we? When we say, we drop the F-bomb sometimes, you know, when it's... And sometimes it's quite funny, you know, and I think it's important to have a laugh and be a little bit silly sometimes and not always be too serious and worry about what other people think of us, you know? Um, So before we begin, this microphone I'm speaking into, this pop filter, this microphone stand, the software I use to edit the podcast, the publishing software... It wasn't free, but I'm lucky enough to have some sponsors that I want to mention to you now. Because that's how it works. You know, you mention the sponsor, you like their gear, you check it out, you get a discount, everyone's happy. Um, the first one is on Apparel. Now, I, I'm guilty of buying my clothing in the past in other establishments. Establishments that where you can buy a shirt, for example, for 12 euro. But what you'll notice happen is that shirt that t-shirt quickly becomes a crop top. And although I've got you know, a reasonably aesthetically pleasing belly button, I don't want to be showing off my, my, my tummy to the public, particularly to people in class. And uh, if you buy cheap clothing, you know it's not going to last. It doesn't wash well. It looks rubbish after a few months. So then you find that you have a wardrobe, which I do, full of clothes that you never wear because they're not bad enough to throw out but they're not good enough to <laughs> to, put, to put on and it just creates a big mess so the key is buy quality and if you can when you buy quality help to do your bit for the environment this is where Oma Power will come in um so Oma Power have actually just released their spring collection I'm looking through it here there's some pinks or equinox um there's some uh, atomic or atom shorts as well um, yes, yeah, so OM have just released their, their spring apparel, their spring collection, and it's eco-friendly uh, clothing that is designed for men to look good while they do yoga, but also while they do other activities, um, such as like I, use, well, I wear my Voyager trousers if I'm climbing. Um, and uh, it's nice because then you can wear that th- when you're doing activities where you're not getting massively sweaty, and you can just go out afterwards and go about your day without looking like a hobo Um, so if you would like to purchase from om go to om.com forward slash the yoga life podcast as in the name of this podcast and if you type in the promo code kevin at checkout you get 15 percent off all items apart from clearance items so that includes your spring collection you can get all your gear so it's not just one item it's as many items as you like 15% off with that promo code Kevin my next and other other sponsor are 108 asana yoga sequencing cards by yogaroo as i mentioned before it can be such a challenge to plan a class and i know that because i'm now going to be teaching or leading a teacher training co-leading a teacher training and uh I know that people get so flustered when they have to plan a class. And really, what you teach comes from what you practice yourself. It can be quite easy to not have a structure and just make it up as you go along, but that's not gonna fly when you're teaching a class. And also, when you're teaching, you should know, ideally, the anatomy cues. You should know the the Sanskrit, if needs be. Um, And this is the way at Wanawayasana is, Yoga Seek cards come in because they give you a deck of cards that you can take anywhere with you to plan your classes and your home practice. If you go to yoguru.ie and you put in the promo code Kevin, you get 10% off. Once again, that's yoguru.ie promo code Kevin for 10% off. Boom shakalak. All right, that's a 90s reference. I'll show my age there. So that's it, guys. I hope you really enjoyed the guys. <laughs> Went a bit Dutch there. Hope you enjoy this podcast. And uh, if you really love it, you know what the best way to sh- tell people about it is to share it on your Instagram stories. So just repost my post um, or f- and share it ideally from Spotify. Most people have Spotify. So share your Spotify post on your stories. Uh, tag me or tag, yeah, tag Kevin Bore Yoga and... Uh, I'd be mucho grateful for that because it's all about spreading the word and getting it out there. So thanks again. Hope you enjoy. Hey Talia.
0: Hey. How hey you? Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm so happy to be here. Um, Where are we? We're in Dublin um, at uh, beautiful Lucy's apartment, who's hosting me uh, for. Today and tomorrow Mm. and I just arrived from London. I've been in London for about uh, 10 days. Uh, My husband's family is based in London so we're uh, staying there and I was teaching last weekend. I had three classes I taught in London that were so beautiful and Mm. this is my first time. sort of making my way across to, to Ireland. First
1: That's time it. first time in Ireland ever?
0: Yes, yes, first time.
1: Sorry about the weather.
0: <laughs> I actually find it really beautiful and romantic. Maybe because, <laughs> you know, coming from Tel Aviv, where it's like usually always like sunny and bright, there's something kind of um, magical about about the weather here and similar to the way it is in, in London too.
1: Yeah, I think that it's good to have seasons.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: I think that you actually... Um, appreciate that time is passing
0: yeah so. it gets you connected with, with the cycles and and the shifts and tides you know that are external internal you know it's yeah. I think it's good yeah I agree
1: and even if you were to say live somewhere like California I mean yes it sounds really nice and because it's always hot but nature is, I mean like it it's doesn't seem like a great place to live long term now because of the fires and stuff you know um i'm getting heavy straight away (laughs) (laughs) so celebrate the rain peeps um but yeah welcome to dublin thank you. you yeah i'm actually not from from dublin i'm from i'm from england but um you you are from israel but you lived in the states for seven years
0: A little longer than that. Um, So I I moved to the United States when I was uh, just about to start the fifth grade Mm -hmm. and uh, we moved as a part of a diplomatic mission. Uh, My dad was uh, in politics in Israel and he really wanted to kind of leave that world behind for good reasons and um instead of going deeper into that world he was he agreed to take on um a sort of diplomatic position in the united states in new york Hmm. so we knew that we wouldn't uh you know we weren't like moving for good to the u.s we knew that it would be probably around five to seven years and that's how long we were there for about seven years with my family Hmm. so i moved back to israel with my family when i was um Starting in 11th grade, and I uh, entered the American International School, so I continued with my American education. It was like a little bubble American bubble and it was nice because I met people from all over the world, diplomats from all over the world um, in that school and when I graduated, I went back to New York mm. and I oh. yes, and then I started um, uh, my fine arts degree at School of Visual Arts and um, and I was there up until three years ago. Um,
1: oh, so you just moved back to Israel three years ago?
0: Yes. Yeah. So I was in I was in the U.S. I was in New York. Um, I dropped out of art school when I decided that I had to teach yoga.
1: I have to. <laughs> yeah. You were
0: compelled. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I knew it was. It had to be. Like uh, I yeah. couldn't not do it. So it It was like not even like. Yeah, I think I'll do this. I was like, I have to do this. Um, so I dropped out of art school because it became very clear to me. And um, I was teaching yoga and I think living a set. Eventually, I think, and maybe like five years ago is when I started to travel around a little bit more. And But my base was always in New York. Hmm. Um, and then um, I moved three years ago when I met Ezra. Ezra is English. That's your we, husband. My, my husband, yes. You're As, married. I'm married. Um, I'm not
1: living in sin. Mar- <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: I, I am married. Still living in sin, but married. <laughs> and um, he, he's English. We both happened to kind of cross paths somehow in, in Israel. And, um, and then I ended up there three years ago.
1: Okay. Um, once I'm going to move the mic a little bit closer to your, your face. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Yeah. Sorry, I know it's right in your face. Um, So now you're here for just the weekend, is it?
0: Yeah, so I'm here, I'm teaching two classes today, two workshops, and they do take up the whole day just because each one is three hours, um, so it ends up being like a full day Mm. um, thing, and then um, uh, um, I'm flying back to London tomorrow, Mm. tomorrow morning.
1: So you got... You're, uh, you're very, you seem very, you're, do you ask asking what age you are?
0: Oh yeah, I'm 31.
1: Wow, you look a little, you younger. <laughs> you do, you really do. So well done <laughs> on that. Um, but you're young, I'm 37, so 31 is young. Um, you got a young child and a husband and you live in Israel. What, because I think that you, you clearly have a, a large following on Instagram and I think that a bit like Brony Smythe, um, people, particularly women, find it quite inspiring when they see a woman who is t- doing something she really loves, she's independent, she's self-employed, and has a child and, and, and is making that work. But So that's what we see. But what would you say for you is the biggest challenges living the lifestyle you're living?
0: Hmm. Well, the challenge is balance of, you know, balancing being with my family, uh, being with myself and being, um, sharing and teaching, which is my passion. And Mm -hmm. like I said, I have to do it. Mm -hmm. I I knew I had to do it 10 years ago and I'm still living that truth Mm -hmm. every day. So, um, uh, it can be, it, it's like you said about the seasons. There have definitely been times when I was going through um, a stormy uh, sort of internal atmosphere with my family, and not knowing when it will pass. Sometimes we are going through a storm, and we're not really exactly sure if it's ever going to pass. And it all does. Uh, the spring, the the you know, mm-hmm. to use that same metaphor, the spring passes too, and the summer passes too. So they are all connected. So all of these um, challenges I am open to. I guess I have challenges just like everyone else. uh, Mm -hmm. But I think I am open to having them. I I don't expect to have a a challenge free life because that would uh, not only be very dull, it would also make me a lot less compassionate uh, towards myself and towards others. I would have living a challenge-free life would literally make me, um, I wouldn't be able to relate mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> to anyone and I wouldn't have anything to share. Yeah. So I welcome challenges, yeah. you know, and I, I think that they're, they give my life a whole lot of depth.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and speaking of challenges, um, i researching about you, learning about you before, before we, we've met. Um, I saw a video with you and your mother Um, she was, um, speaking Israeli, Hebrew, Hebrew. Oh my bad. Yeah.
0: But it's, you know, it's, it's true because Hebrew is an ancient language. Mm. It's as ancient as Sanskrit. It's the only language really from the ancient world that is used today as a spoken language. So that is pretty special.
1: (laughs) The cat is on you. Yes.
0: The cat is on me. (laughs) We
1: we have a cat here and, uh, (laughs) now the cat is on, (laughs) now the cat is on Talia's shoulder. (laughs) So, and now the cat's going to go to the radio. I'm going to give you full commentary. Yeah. Uh, so now you're safe. Yes. You can adjust the mic just a little bit just to turn it back to uh, the actual thing itself. Yeah, you go. Yes. All right. Um, so you started yoga when you were six
0: I would weeks say... old. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: when you were uh, but six so, days. Six, Come on. Six, <laughs> six
0: days old. Get on
1: thought your you, mat, guys. No excuses. You, thought you
0: did the research. You know, my <laughs> my mom uh, was diagnosed with lymphoma when I was six years old. Um, and like I said, my dad was in a sort of public position. He was a mayor of the town where I was born and, um, my mom, um, having, I think by the time she was my age, she already had four kids. Um, Whoa. yeah. And she's an, inc- I mean, she's incredible. I, I speak very often on how, uh, she's a naturally present, positive glowing person she's always been that way but I think she's also the kind of person who's so strong that even if something maybe is a little difficult she doesn't know how to say hey I need a break like this is too much and I think the uh cancer was really an accumulation of like yes you're strong you're positive you're present but you also need to learn how to like say no and like, I need a break and I need to acknowledge some of the feelings, some of the challenges mm-hmm. that are in my life because it doesn't matter how awakened you are to um, the magic of everyday life as she is and always has been. You, I think what she struggled with when I was young is really saying I'm having a hard time too. I can be happy mm-hmm. and have also kind of a hard time. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's,
1: that's okay. Yeah, uh, that, how would you say, um, cause did she start yoga because of the cancer?
0: Yes. So once she was diagnosed with cancer, I think she was really shocked mm-hmm. and I think, um, she immediately accepted it. Like I said, she's very, she has, um, such a gift uh, that she's naturally, she's naturally very illuminated and awakened as a She never once said, Oh my God, why me? Or mm-hmm. how could this happen? I'm so... Like I live my life with so much awareness. With with I'm healthy. Uh, how could this happen to me? She immediately accepted it and she told us about it. I was six years old. I have three brothers. She told us all about it and she was very honest, very clear. I was. I remember really being a part of it.
1: So um, you just adjust your mic for a sec, oh, Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah. So. Um, So she was very honest and clear from the beginning and she uh, essentially changed her lifestyle accordingly. Uh, She started uh, staying at home much more, uh, meditating, getting books on anything from the chakra system to breath and uh, yoga, Mm yoga asanas. And going to hatha yoga classes, this was 25 years ago, so it was very different yeah. especially in, in Israel. I mean not to say that there aren't wonderful yogis that come out of Israel there are, but um, it wasn't like we were in you know uh, Santa Monica or something. <sighs> mm-hmm. We were living in, in a small town in Israel um, in northern Israel and we were um, and my mom started going to these hatha yoga classes I was clear i mean when when your mom may go to yoga classes maybe it captures your attention for a little bit but my mom was i was always so close to her and she she was dying so obviously everything she did it made me very present That when death comes into your life you become aware of life a lot more of like little things eating together holding hands everything became really saturated because my mom was dying Um, her hair was falling off, she became thin, she became pale, she was at hospitals a lot. Um, I remember having to get like a lot of vaccinations because her immune system was so low that we, her kids, and anyone she was around couldn't risk getting sick at all. So I constantly had to have all these vaccinations to make sure that I wouldn't make her sick because she was very weak. So there were a lot of th- a lot of things stay with me, but what I really loved is that she was always like so open with me. We would have conversations on on how I was feeling, how she was feeling. i went I went with her to her treatments at the hospital. and I went with her to some of the yoga classes, and she recovered um, and then got sick again um, almost immediately afterwards. So she it was about. Um, four years from six until i was about ten and a half that she was quite sick Mm -hmm. um and practicing yoga and and so i think when i think about how yoga came into my life it's definitely through her and it's definitely at that time um it's not necessarily that i was you know doing uh headstands every morning when i woke up but the yoga practice is much more that we all know is much more than just a physical asana Mm. What I learned from her, yes, were a lot of physical postures and even the power of taking a deep breath, Um, but more than that, it was a true and full acceptance of the moment as it is and and also a deep sense of, of gratitude, compassion and love which stayed with me. Mm. And, I, and, and drives me every day. Is mm. to, to really have a full spectrum compassion for yourself and for all beings. And to appreciate each moment as it is. I think that when, like I said, when you have an experience coming close to death or with death, it can be actually a very life-affirming experience as it was for me and my family.
1: Mm. How do you think physiologi- physiologically... Um, yoga can help someone who, or help, maybe helped your mother. Do you think? Do you think that it's almost like the placebo effect of I shouldn't be hard on myself. I should be softer myself and understand that I can heal within. And maybe I don't know what what she did to get better, but did she explore Western medicine at all? And did she play around with both? Yeah,
0: yeah, she had both. She she definitely. Oh, she got chemo. You said yes. Yeah. yeah, she had chemo. She had all the treatments at the hospital. um also, lymphoma 25 years ago was treated way more harshly than it is now. So What, she, what
1: is lymphoma? Sorry.
0: Lymphoma is, has to do... It's a cancer of the lymph nodes. Oh, okay. It yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, the treatments were quite harsh, whereas right. like I think now it would have been a little different, but it was very, very harsh chemotherapy. Um, and I mean, for her... I think she she's very connected with her body, and it felt a lot. A lot of times, it felt like poison. I remember the treatments at the hospital. It wasn't even the cancer itself. It was like the treatments that would make her feel disconnected from her body, and almost like there was like poison, something foreign running through it. Um, And the yoga. And also, very mind, just in general, mindfulness, mindfulness practice, being mindful of everything, brought her back home, brought her back to her body. Mm. It's like t- it's like I said, taking she knew the effect of a few deep breaths, mm. um, and she knew the importance of taking some time every day to to move in her body. I think the I think that asanas are an incredible practice because they give us a physical experience where that's not always the case with every. Uh, I think for me it's not enough to to just have a, an intellectual understanding of something. I think the realization part is is quite almost a physical experience. It happens in your whole self and I think asana is a great tool to really appreciate that ex- that we can't just take anyone's word for it or just understand things just in our thinking mind but really to experience liberation as it happens in the moment that epiphany of freedom that happens in the body mm-hmm. and so I think f- you know, for her, I can't speak for her, but I think what it was, was it made her feel more free when you feel that something is happening to you that is out in your own body that mm-hmm. is out of your control. I think asana and mindfulness in general gave her a feeling of coming back to herself and and to feel that she was back home, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to feel that she had some sort of connection to herself and... And I think that's what also helped her get, never feel like a victim Mm. in her life. You know, she never had a victim mindset. She went on, while she was very sick, she would go and visit cancer patients. She was a cancer patient herself. She would go and visit other cancer patients. She started writing in the newspaper um, weekly inspirational pieces on using mindfulness techniques, helping people. Um, mm. Small things about breathing, uh, about movement, about taking time to be very present. She did all that 25 years ago. I mean, it's like the equivalent of like the little Instagram captions she did in the local newspaper. <laughs> you know, it's very, very beautiful. And then mm. she started a nonprofit organization to help cancer patients. She did a lot while she was sick. She actually, t- and and so for me, again, it, that is the power of yoga. Mm. Is that someone could have been. Uh, completely identified with the the illness, completely believed that this now makes them a victim to life. And she went completely the other way, where mm-hmm. she became more illuminated than ever. And she did heal. By the time we left the U.S., she was healed. And she still, you know, she has to get a checkup, I think, every six months. She's at the hospital to get checked out again. And so it's always a part of her life now. Uh, but... But she's, you know, she's still practicing, and she's still glowy, and she's still happy, and we're gonna celebrate her sixtieth birthday um in uh July.
1: Oh, nice! That's great. Um, but I think the power of breath cannot be underestimated. I, I mean, I was listening to Vim Hof on the Russell Brand podcast just last week, and it was he was saying how Vim Hof was injected with a bacteria. He was uh, there was some university in America so the doctors actually studied him and he was injected with this bacteria and then they studied how through breathing he was able to generate antibodies to fight off the bacteria and not just him, they did it for other people as well so it just shows you that you're not, you don't have to be um, some demigod to do it anyone can do it and breath is incredibly powerful I, when I interviewed Max Strom um, he wrote the um, A Life Worth Breathing he said that Men who have a loving, men who are married, are far less li- likely to die of things like coronary diseases than men that are single. Um, and I think being loved and loving yourself, and that sounds a bit cheesy, but sh- showing yourself compassion, is it go, it can go a long way, and uh, not feeling like you you are you are a victim. Um, and I, I, I think that's that's the really the message that people we should get across about yoga is that yes, it is nice to do physically impressive things and to push yourself and to challenge yourself physically, but it's really, it's a, it's a mind state, isn't it? You know?
0: Yeah. Well, I think also it's, it's the realization and experience that mind, body, breath are one. They're interconnected and not just that. I like the word that, uh, Zen master, not Han uses which is interbeing so we are all you cannot be alone mm-hmm. <laughs> actually our state of whether it is um, a state of happiness and fulfillment or a state of dissatisfaction is always going to be connected mm-hmm. to everything and all life to everyone else mm-hmm. so if you're happy you can you, that happiness cannot be complete if someone else next to you is suffering, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Especially when you're witnessing that. You could be having really a, a wonderful aligned life, but if your brother, sister, mother, best friend is going through a really hard time, how could you be, you know, you cannot be elated always because that's going to be on your mind. It's going to be on your body. You're going to feel that. You want to you be able to, to help probably your your family or your friend and it it keeps extending Mm -hmm. so we as humans are connected to each other and we are also connected to the animal world to the rest of the animal world and we're connected to to all life and when when the environment suffers when animals suffer when other humans across the world are suffering that also lives in us Mm -hmm. so i think as you were saying, yes, you can have an experience in the yoga room, you're challenging yourself, you're facing some sort of fear, uh, maybe you're you're deciding that you can finally uh, take a little kick up off the floor and, and get some weight on your hands and that can be a moment that is quite intense for people to turn themselves upside down or to believe that they too can try something like this, it can be a confrontation of fear. And also we can begin to notice in an asana class how we react, how we're wired. Are we reacting with panic or anxiety? And that will be translated to um, situations outside that put us outside of our comfort zone. But for me, it's like way beyond that. So our mind, body, breath, spirit, everything is connected. All is one and beyond that outside of ourselves everyone we meet is a reflection of ourselves and really we're seeing ourselves in in everyone in 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 if we're really focusing we can really connect with a tree we can really connect with flowers we connect with every part of life around us in a really deep way and really see ourselves reflected back Mm -hmm. you know so i think yoga has the um that that seed of that experience of of self-reflection you can get that from just an asana class and and it can grow Mm. it can continue growing with you as you practice to really deep meaningful experiences where you actually experience not just understand maybe in your in your thoughts but really experience the oneness of life
1: Mm. but uh, but i think that Um, the way you talked about mind-body-breath being connected and us being connected as people and nature I think that now we live way more individualistic lifestyles because if I'm walking down the street I want to know how to get to somewhere I just look on my phone and I'm not dissing technology I love technology obviously we're using technology now but um, I don't have to stop and talk to someone so the more convenience we have is great but it means the more independent we are and therefore sometimes the more alone we feel and I, I think that that's as you said yoga is um the connection to other people um i wanted to talk to you about something um quite specific actually which is an unusual thing you said in a different podcast um and that <laughs> the cat is in Can the back. Can you hear her? Can you? you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to put the cat in the uh, the bathroom. I did it humanely. You you your witness, yes. didn't I? Yes. Um, and now the cat is meowing. But yeah. you know, it's either that or the cat's knocking stuff over. Um, so, um, but I wanted to talk to you about something. You mentioned how you went to when you came back to Israel from the States. You were studying ballet in the States, and then you came back, and you were resistant to doing ballet or dance. In, in Israel. Mm-hmm. And then you went through a period of, um, darkness, mm-hmm. you started smoking, you stopped moving, but then you said something interesting that you enjoyed the darkness. What do you mean by that?
0: Well, I think I was, I, I think I was like 16 or 17 years old. And I think a large part of me also wanted to have an experience that was different than what I had so far with myself. Um, mm. So I think I, I did, I, th- I was going through a hard time because um, I had a very strong discipline from the time I was 11 years old until I was 17. I was um, very, very committed to dance and um, um, really saw myself... Not just in the future, but in everyday life, I gave everything I had to that discipline. And uh, when we moved back to Israel, um, something in me like just kind of snapped, and I really, I allowed myself—you know—I kind of allowed myself to, mm-hmm. uh, to become very resistant to what is. I think I, I'm saying that I allowed it because I think there was always, I was very aware of the voice that was saying, accept it, you know, this is where you're at now. It's all happening for the good, accept it, you know, but I didn't want to, it's like I wanted to rebel and I wanted to not have a good time and I wanted to enter this darkness and so that's what happened mm. and I'm just being honest because I know that not that may not be everyone's experience but I think for me it really was a choice mm. um and it was a choice that like I maintained for a while <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like it, just yes <laughs> I just
0: I wanted that you know I, I kind of wanted to I think I had to get it out of my system like to have that experience because like I said from a young age I was around uh positivity and mindfulness and meditation and um I had very I have very supportive parents they trusted me always you know I made my own decisions from a young age like which schools I would go to how how I would organize my day what I do with my time like it was all completely like full, 100% full trust so I had I really it really was a choice I, it was a choice to be like uh essentially giving everything around me the middle finger, and and it was very different. I think it was kind of like, even for my mom, who's like very patient and very supportive, I think even for her, it was like a very, like she was like, what's going on with you? Like, it was very hard for her, but I think um, I think it's something, like I said, that it was a choice for me, and I think that it, it probably allowed me to, um, the, the return to movement and yoga for me, because... When I went into art school, I definitely continued with that approach. Um, I didn't really move around very much. I definitely experimented with a lot of drugs, with not treating my body um, the way I would now, certainly not. And um, Yeah, so I think it, it gave me, when I did choose to to walk away from that, because it was a choice, it was a choice, and then after a couple of years, it becomes a pattern that becomes hard to break. So if you made a choice at first, my first choice to just start smoking, like I didn't enjoy it, but I just like wanted to be that character. It was like an uh, an ego that we take on. I wanted to identify with a certain type of people. And- It's like it,
1: Sandy in Greece when she wears yes, leather.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Tell me
1: about it, stud, and all yeah, that kind of stuff.
0: exactly. So <laughs> I, I suddenly became this different person and, but after a while it, you really forget that it wasn't really you. And, um, but it did make the uh, choice to break free from that, uh, down the line when I was around, uh, 20 or 21. And I started going to, uh, yoga to the people, to the studio that I was living next to. Uh, it definitely, I felt like a really amazing taking all that off, you know, and being like, okay, thank you, but no, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't need, to, I don't need to be this person mm-hmm. anymore. Like. Thank you for the experience, but yeah. I'm done with that now, you know.
1: But as you said earlier, it, it, it probably showed you or gives you an ability to have more compassion for someone that comes to your class and feels a bit intimidated, at who smokes a lot, doesn't move. And you, you go, oh, I know what that feels like. I know, I know what it feels like to be stuck. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that, that it just gives you that great, greater sense of understanding.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I really... I'm being very honest when I say like I've been I've I have been through a lot especially uh in the time right before my sort of rediscovery or like realignment with with my body and and with yoga practice there there really was such a um so many choices that I made that at the time were dark and and very questionable and sometimes I'm like I can't even believe I don't know what was guarding over me that like I made it Mm -hmm. but I definitely allowed myself Mm -hmm. to to go down paths that I wouldn't recommend others and and I'm also like amazed that even people who because I grew up like I said with really supportive parents really beautiful environment I was privileged and that still I still went down a path that you know Make doesn't make sense the the way that I was brought up with so much love with so much support I really have like no complaints to my parents they were really so great and even like that and even though I was so well educated all I was given really so many gifts and still I was able to go uh, to go to parts of myself and parts of others that that are dark in a way that doesn't necessarily sync up you're like but why why would Mm. you do that you know so I definitely can relate to to the choice because I do believe that in some way and I don't want to be insensitive because I know that a lot of people struggle with addiction or depression or some sort of um, mental health issue but I have to say that I my experience has been that I had a choice I had a choice
1: what that is such an important point because I too have loving parents. My mum is like classic Irish mammy, you know, do, do everything for you. Um, but I took loads of drugs in my 20s, not because I was hurting or I was trying to um, heal something, but because it was fun. And um, therefore, again, like you said, I want to be sensitive to people that are do take any drug, whatever it is, because they're trying to heal trauma. But some people also experiment call it go on to the dark side for want of a better word because they want to see what it's like and um to to enjoy themselves <laughs> and uh and, and as, as you said i think it's important to sometimes experience that and have that life experience that um can make you a better person <laughs> or more, maybe a more well-balanced person if you're always good two shoes your whole life um you, you don't have as much life experience you know um I believe, um, but um, so Talia, I know you're, you're a busy lady and uh, I got some, you're familiar with Larry King? Yes. The man himself, yes. is like about 185 yes. now.
0: Still going. <laughs> Still doing it though. Yeah.
1: Um, so I have some quick fire Larry King questions. So I could pretend they're mine, but they're not. I just <laughs> took them off him because I really like him. So these quick fire questions, they are, they don't, requ- I won't respond. So, I'll give the question, you give the answer, and we just work for him. You ready?
0: Yes, I'm ready.
1: Let's go. (laughs) Let's do this. Um, What's your favorite city and why?
0: Uh, New York. Uh, That's the first thing that comes to mind. Because it's the only city that I feel is actually a city. You know, I was just in London, and I feel like. steady
1: now. Steady. I'm from London.
0: (laughs) I I know. I'm sorry, but I have to tell you, it's not a city. Newsflash. It's not a city. It's like. It's like six cities kind of mixed together, but not even, it's like six suburbs all connected around a tiny little piece that maybe (laughs) can be called a city, like city center in London. Yes, that's the city. But then they include like giant like suburbs. It's like a part of London and it's so confusing to me. So uh, New York City is a city.
1: Okay, all right. Do you know, I, <laughs> I'm not supposed to respond. So, but um, in fact, I believe London may even be a town because you hit London Town. London ta- Town, yeah, there's you're a, right. There's a few songs called London Town.
0: That's true, that's true.
1: So maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Um, <laughs> so I'll move on to the next one. What, what's, uh, what's your first ever job
0: uh,
1: where you were paid to do something?
0: Let's see, I think I was a babysitter. Okay. Yeah, babysitter. My neighbor um, on seventy-second. I lived on seventy-second Street with my parents in New York, uh, Upper East Side, and I babysat for my neighbor's. Uh, his the, the little boy was called Lee, and he was very cute. And we played build Legos together, things like that. It was really fun.
1: Okay, cool. Um, if there's one person you could take or you could bring to lunch from history, dead or alive, who would it be? Uh.
0: I'd have to say like Buddha, right?
1: Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not?
0: <laughs>
1: um, what's your most memorable career moment?
0: Uh, Are
1: you comfortable with the word career?
0: Yeah, my 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 life. It's like
1: okay, life moment. Yeah, but involved in yoga.
0: Yeah, the thing is, is that like everything I do is my. Not I don't even want to call it job, you know? Cause, I know what you mean. But it's like all, it's all connected for me. It's not like I have like a nine to five and then like I'm done, you know, and like see you later or like I work like Monday through Friday. You know, I just, I'm always doing what I love. Uh, but I have to say that um, when I, after I've completed my teacher training, I was honestly feeling so... The first classes that I taught, probably the first hundred that I taught, were so incredibly difficult. It was so hard for me to... I always used my body to express myself, always. Not so much my words, although I enjoyed writing a lot. I was never like a a public speaker, you know? I was much more of like a um, sort of wallflower kind of person. And then I would somehow come to life as a performer. Hmm. But... I found it very hard to speak in front of people, especially if I wasn't some sort of character. Just being myself and talking to people was really, really hard, and I would feel very unworthy, extremely unworthy of 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 being a yoga teacher. but at the same time, like I said, it was like a burning feeling in my body that I knew I had to do this. so the thing that stands out the most is finally I think one day after so many classes of afterwards like just crying and being and like speaking to my friends and my mom you were crying oh yes yeah I would I would just teach a class and right afterwards like run into like the dressing room and like wait for everyone to leave and like just break down break down because so much was teaching literally like I could feel like years of of lies like identifications Uh, like like it was like they were like being like sweated out you know they were like all these things that were not true were coming out of me and it was a it was a really hard process so I would say the beginning like the transition from not teaching to teaching and being very secure in my voice that really stands out Mm -hmm. as the hugest thing Mm -hmm. like that that transformation to being okay with who I am yeah. and, and really accepting that. Like that was a huge thing.
1: Oh, that's, that's cool. Nice. Um, you, you're a very pleasant person. I've only known you for an hour, but, uh, <laughs> but um, what's your biggest pet peeve?
0: Um, um, anything that's uh, lazy or like not, not present. You know, if someone is um, not caring, about other people and other uh, spaces. Like if I witness, sometimes if I walk down the street, and I, I've always lived in cities, you know, but I'm st- I still get like annoyed if someone is like um, spitting on the floor or like throwing <laughs> cigarettes on the floor, like things like that. Um, any sort of like th- something that people do that is not caring yeah. in like a really kind of aggressive way um, throwing trash in the floor, like making, or, or like, you know, if someone is, um, if I'm, like yesterday I took the bus from the airport to, to, to here and, um, almost all around me conversations were just full of like, I, can't, I and I can't believe she was like this and she, it's just like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so like anything that's kind of like not, like, you could be more caring with your choice. Someone answered the phone, was speaking to their mom, and was like, fuck you, mom. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. Oh, no, you
1: didn't. I was like,
0: no. I was like, I almost, like, turned around and was like, <laughs> I was like no, no, no. You don't speak to your mother like that. Things like that when you're, like, just, you know.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry you know, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I told my mum to fuck off once, and I was like, "the, the she got the see Irish mums would do the wooden spoon, is a, a thing. It's like, a, I don't, you know, like a, wood, a wooden spoon. Um, I don't know what they do in Israel, but Irish old school Irish mums like to give you a little whack with a wooden spoon. <laughs> so if I heard the wooden, I had when I said fuck off to my mum. The wooden spoon drawer started to I had it rattle, and well, no, I thought, "No, ain't doing that again." So, um, yeah, don't tell your mum to fuck off. Folks. No,
0: don't, don't do that. You know wooden I mean? spoon or not, that's not okay. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, okay. Oh, this is a good one. I got three more, by the way. Three more questions. Um, if you could travel, no, uh, yeah, if you could travel back in time to when you were eighteen, and you had a minute with yourself, what is the one piece of advice you give?
0: I'd say you don't have to you don't have to run away so much you know it's just I would say if I had a minute I would just say slow down take it easy and you're okay you're okay mm. you know you're okay right now mm. so I don't know if that I don't know if, because also I'm thinking of like 18-year-old self. It's not like I would be like, you have to be careful what you're saying to an 18-year-old. Certainly with me, I was like, I told you, I, I made a choice that I was going to be very um, edgy and, and like uh, I wasn't easy to speak to. I think I would just say, hey, slow down and you're okay. Take it easy and that's it. Because, you know, I, don't, I appreciate all the experiences I've had. So I don't know if I would like want to be like, hey, like, stop what you're doing completely. I'd just be like, just slow down a bit, okay? Yeah. yeah. Just like, because I think that's really important. I think sometimes when you're young, you really get lost in, in this constant like hectic energy, um, and and it's hard to remember to just be still, to just to feel yourself again, to come back to yourself again. So.
1: Perfect. This is a really good one. I, I'm saying this is a really good one. I, actually, they're not my questions. I'm not complimenting myself my questions. They're, <laughs> they're straight from Larry King. Um, I think I don't get sued for this. Things we get wrong about you, or people get wrong about you. So then when they meet you, they're like, oh.
0: Well, I, I'm quite short, so when people meet me, <laughs> they're always like, oh, oh. Uh, you, look ve- you look way longer in your photos, uh, but...
1: So it's like, <laughs> but a, a I, I'm about
0: like I'm about like five one and a half or five two depend I think it depends on on the day uh, but uh, I'm quite small, I'm not very big, so people when they meet me are shocked that I'm quite <laughs> small and then besides that I think uh people have this I don't know where, where this comes from, but this expectation that you know my classes are going to be like, okay, let's start with five handstand scorpions like uh, that's never going to happen you know so like they're actually also really surprised at um how they feel during my class and that i i really tend to be quite um um i think i think from what i've heard from people they they feel they don't even know what happened but it felt really great on their bodies and i think like that's something that a lot of people think you have to be um Advanced, you know, and I'm using like like quotations here mm-hmm. because I don't even know what that that word is like. So easy to manipulate. So and, true. Yeah, you know, but but I really think I teach for everyone, and and that's something that maybe people get wrong.
1: Mm, nice. Last question. Sad. Um, if you weren't a yoga teacher, what would you be?
0: Um. Well, I did go to art school, and I do enjoy um, making things. I like—I used to really, when I was in art school, what I liked to do is, um, um, I know this might be really shocking, but I was really interested in myself, and so <laughs> I did a lot of uh, self-portraits, so I was always documenting. I still do that with Instagram, which is really fun. I, I like to document my, my life and my practice. I did a lot of that using cameras. Um, even back in, in high school, I used to really document my face and like just things I was doing. Um, so I would probably be doing somewhere something in the realm of um, of visual arts, although I always connected it also with cameras. I was also an actress for a while, so I studied some acting and I did a little bit of acting um, growing up. Um, so probably some something that had to do with uh, um, expressing myself through visual arts and then maybe as well uh, something to do with camera. I was always very into both being in front of cameras and also being behind them. I really enjoy also capturing I'm recording others. Hmm.
1: Brilliant answer. Talia Susha, thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Kevin. Hey. <laughs> thank you. That was wonderful. Really yeah. fun.
1: Boom. There we go. Many lols with Talia. Lovely person. Hopefully she comes over to Dublin again very, very soon. Right. So last but most definitely not least, just a few little things. First is on um, apparel. Spring is sprung, summer is coming up. Get yourself some shirts, some shorts, maybe some Dharma pants. 15% off when you use the promo code Kevin at your checkout. So that's 15% off, all goods apart from clearance items. And uh, you can let yourself get yourself looking a bit dapper, whether you're a fella or you know a fella. You'd like to spruce up a little bit. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast directly, you can visit kevinboyoga.ie forward slash support the life podcast. You can choose your amount, how many times you'd like to not donate, but it's you're supporting. You are, um, I, I love to do this, but it co- takes a lot of time, and I hope that if you find value from it, um, you would exchange energy with me in the form of money. (laughs) Because that's an exchange of value and time, isn't it? Um, And time is all we have in life. Although some people say time is an illusion, so I don't know who to believe. But um, either way, it would be much appreciated by me and it'd be your friend forever and ever and ever. Um, If you don't want to do that... I, yeah, no, I won't be. I won't begrudge you. Um, it'd be great if you could share this podcast with a friend, someone you love, someone you care about, or share it with the world, the IG world, on your Instagram stories. Uh, best way to listen to it, I think, is through Spotify. They make it so easy just to f- scroll through episodes. Uh, last but definitely not least, events, workshops, retreats. So my next, well, my next workshop is sold out. Woohoo. And the one after that is in May. When I come back from Bali, just drop that in there. Uh, I'm doing another handstand workshop in Junction 6, which is in Dublin, Carsonock in Yoga Hub. So that's end of May. You can go onto MindBody, search for Yoga Hub under Junction 6. And you can book in there. There's uh, It's just gone live. So the space is available. I've got a retreat coming up. Whoa. Uh, I haven't. I'm going to be publishing the tickets next week so that's going to be end of March and uh, it's going to be in Wicklow which is the Garden of Ireland my mum's from Wicklow actually and I've been to the retreat centre before as a guest it's lovely hot tubs hill walks mindfulness yoga and that's going to be in September middle of September and uh, tickets coming soon you can go to keep an eye on if you. Follow me on Instagram, Kevin Ball Yoga. That's the best way to keep up to date. Um, but all retreat information will be on KevinBallYoga.ie forward slash retreats when I post it. As always, thank you so much for everyone. You listening wherever you are, cooking, I was say cooking dishes, cooking, doing the dishes, or driving your car or bicycle. Even though don't use headphones if you're driving a bicycle. Because it's dangerous. And I do it myself, but... Uh, anyway, look after yourself. I need you to be alive, you know, and uh, I, uh, I appreciate you and I'm looking forward to catching up with you next week. And I, I know I do a lot of talking, but I'd love to hear from you. If you would like to have a guest on the podcast you'd like to hear more from, please let me know. Any questions, send them my way. Have a powerful week. Catch up soon.